Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful week. You know, we're getting ready to head into Thanksgiving week. You know, I got a suggestion for us. Do you think you could spend an entire week just being thankful? That means never once complaining. Let's use the old Dale Carnegie mantra, never criticize, condemn, or complain. Do you think you could go an entire week like that? Well, you know, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to try to have everything that comes out of my mouth during the week of Thanksgiving, the entire week, not just Thanksgiving Day, the entire week, be nothing but gratitude, praise, thanksgiving. I think it's a great exercise. Well, I hope you join me in that. This is Dan Miller. We're going to be looking at some of your real-life questions as real life continues for all of us. Our partner today is Harry's, Harry's harrys.com. You've heard me talk about that. And that refers to the razor that I use for shaving. Now, I'm going to be telling you how you can use 48 days as a coupon code. If you go to harrys.com to get $5 off your first order, free shipping. I'll tell you why I love them in a little bit later, later on here. Come back to that. So be ready for that. Well, this is episode 258. If you're keeping track, every once in a while, I go back and just calculate what number it actually is. It's fun to see the numbers rack up there year after year after year. Here's my theme for today, and that is, would you be willing to pay for this? Now, hearing me say that, I don't know what comes to mind. You may think of all kinds of things, but I'm, I'm going to surprise you in terms of what I say, and that is with our quotation for today, but just think about it. Would you be willing to pay for this? All right, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at. Dan, should I finish this degree or should I forget it and spend my energy finding my passion right now? interesting juxtaposition there. We'll unpack that. How do I share my journey and help others to dare to embark on their own? How can I grow my comedy blog following? Can I make a living teaching small business owners and managers the principles of loss prevention? Should I give up now and surrender even though I know great profits are right around the corner? And what is a peacemaker or a healer and what specifically would they do? Well, there's a whole lot of meat packed in those questions. Can't wait to get to that and look at how we can get some solutions there that'll help all of us go to higher levels of success. Just what we do week after week after week. Now, here's our quotation. Remember I said the, the question was, would you be willing to pay for this? This quotation comes from Mike Murdoch. Mike Murdoch says, pay any price to stay in the presence of extraordinary people. Well, I know that's something I do. I enjoy doing that. I had the privilege, I just had a lunch meeting today, the day I'm recording this with somebody who was asking me about the connections that I have and how I got those connections. Is it just living in the right place, being lucky? No, I've been very intentional about creating relationships with people that I thought we're worth having relationships with. So again, Mike Murdoch says, pay any price to stay in the presence of extraordinary people. Well, I already told you our partner for today is harrys.com. Let me tell you a little bit more about that and then we'll go into our questions. You can use 48 days as a coupon code. Again, if you go to harrys.com, 
You get $5 off your first purchase. Hey, the, the great package that I always get, I mean, I give away a lot of these, is only $15 to start with. So it'd make it only 10 bucks. You get free shipping. You can choose fancy colors in there. I know most of the guys in my Christmas list are going to be getting Harry's packages. They come in a really cool package, not only the razor, but some other components as well. You know, Harry's is one of the sponsors of Movember. Have you heard about that? Movember? What's well, a move where in November... They encourage guys to grow a mustache, and it's all part of better men's health awareness. So cool stuff going on. Again, remember, you know, get free shipping, things that I think are really cool with the package that comes. I've already gotten it for most of my relatives, but I keep a stack of them here to give out to deserving guys as they entrance through my office. Maybe you'll be one of those as well. But if you go to harrys.com, Harry's will give you $5 off if you just type in the code 48 days with your first purchase. And that's just H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Enter the coupon code 48 days at checkout for $5 off and it'll change the way you shave forever. Now, if you've been around, you know that we do every Tuesday night. We do a brainstorming session with somebody in the 48days.net community. Last or this, this week, I did... Uh, Carrie Oberbrunner was my guest. You've heard me talk about Carrie. He had a recent book come out titled Day Job to Dream Job. He wrote that based on a lot of information that related to Shawshank Redemption, the wonderful movie about how often we're in our own prison. How do we get out of our own prison? But there were some things that Carrie said that were just quotable. I ought to be quoting him. But, and I certainly will in the future, but I've had some people already request after the uh, interview that I did with Carrie that I did capture some of the quotations from Carrie and could I unpack those, talk about them a little bit more. Well, I don't really have time to do that today. I want to get to some of the questions, but here's some of the things that he said that I think are really significant that we will in fact visit in future episodes. Again, from Carrie Oberbrunner, Day Job to Dream Job. And Carrie's got some really killer video trailers for books that he's done he just i've never seen anybody do such a stellar job of creating book trailers is what he does but his books all have to do with personal development he talks about breaking out of his own prison i mean at one time one time carrie was going to seminary he was in his senior year of seminary preparing to be a pastor and he had such personal issues that he was cutting himself cutting himself carving loser low self-esteem names words on his body and that's how bad it was so he has an amazing story to tell about personally breaking out of his own prison and and at this point is a coach that can help others walk out of the same kind of challenges here's some of the quotations though that i got from him confusion repels clarity attracts i love that i love i'm gonna love sharing that with our coaches because so often they just want to be a generalist. And I tell them, man, when you're telling me what you do, you know, I'm confused. I can't even tell what it is clearly that you're offering. Well, confusion repels, clarity attracts. Here's another one. He shared this statement from Carl Jung, who is a Swiss psychoanalyst, contemporary of Sigmund Freud, who said the most damaging effect on a child is the unlived life of the parent. Well, we could park there for a while. Now think about that. The kid, the guys who, you know, are, are screaming at their kids in soccer and football, trying to make them be great, trying to live out 
their own unrealized dreams through the life of their child. The most damaging effect on a child is the unlived life of the parent. Well, again, we don't have time to unpack that, but certainly food for thought. Carrie also said that, that retired males have the second highest suicide rate, second only to young men. Retired males. What is the deal there? Well, you and I know what the deal is there. They don't have a reason to get up in the morning. They don't have work that's fulfilling and meaningful and purposeful. And without that, when you unplug from that, as, a, as appealing as what American culture makes that sound, it's not a pretty place to be. Retired males, second highest suicide rate. And Kerry also said, to increase income, increase influence and impact. Now, there's a great thought. So if you want to increase your income, a lot of you talk to us about wanting to increase your income. There you go. There's the formula. Increase influence and impact. That's how you increase your income. Well, let me give you a couple quick success stories here. Now, a lot of you write to me and say that you really want to be in this lineup that we do before we play queen. We are the champions. Well, I love hearing the stories. Believe me, keep them coming in. Here's just a couple quick ones for today. This comes from Aaron Walker. He says, Dan, a brief reflection of 2014 reveals a number of successes and accomplishments, all attributed ultimately to you, Dan. Attending Coaching with Excellence a couple times was without question a catalyst to my new career, life and business coaching. You reached out to me by phone after the second night, encouraging me to pursue coaching. Your, your call, you reaching out to me to pursue coaching has transformed my personal and business life. Never underestimate one-on-one encouragement as you go forward in your coaching career. Now, just a a quick addendum here. I I remember calling him because I observed what had happened during the day. I said, Aaron, these young business guys, young entrepreneurs are drawn to you like moth to the light. I said, you need to be a coach. And he was like, what do you mean? I can't be a coach. You know, never went to college. I don't have the background. I said, it doesn't matter. People don't care. You have the business acumen that these young business people are looking for. You need to position yourself as a coach. Okay, here we go. He, continuing his note, officially launching View from the Top, May 28th, 2014. Now think about that as I'm speaking. That's what, five months ago, five months ago, has proven to be the right choice. Individual coaching engagements, group coaching, and personal retainers have been extremely profitable. Celebrating November, my best month so far, $34,500 in income. Now, as I'm reading this, I mean, November is not even over yet, but that's where he is. $34,500 in coaching income, brand new, starting as a coach, not even believing he could, starting five months ago. He says, also appearing on Entrepreneur on Fire twice with John Lee Dumas since September has been an honor and a privilege Only 20 guests have ever experienced a repeat in 780 interviews. Also, I was honored to receive the most comments on my interview that any guest in Entrepreneur on Fire history has. And Aaron says, and I'm grateful for this, if you want a mentor and a career coach that takes pride in everything he does, take my advice and get Dan Miller. I have hundreds of thousands of reasons, and he has a dollar sign and hundreds of thousands of reasons that you should. Live on purpose, Aaron Walker. Well, Aaron, thank you for... Your note, I'm always thrilled to get notes like this. We've had some astounding success stories come out of the, the Coaching with Excellence attendees and Coaching Mastery program. 
this year. It's been one of my primary focuses, and I love working with coaches there and helping them see the possibilities. Incidentally, just as a another side item here, just to make note, our first Coaching with Excellence is filling up quickly. It's scheduled for January 29th and 30th. If you want to put yourself in a position like Aaron has talked about and what happened to him after coming to that event, Hey, jump on board, and we'd love to see you here. Coaching with Excellence, January 29th and 30th. Just go to the 48days.com site, click on Live Events, and you'll see the drop-down give you the option there for Coaching with Excellence. Now, last week I read a note from, from Heath Armstrong, who had given a audio testimonial about bumping into Jared, my son, on an airplane. Airplane ride about seven years ago from Nashville to Houston and how it had transformed his life. Well, I, I sent a note to Heath. I said, you may not be aware of it, but Jared and I wrote a book together. Just give me your address and I'll shoot a copy out to you. Now here's his response. Now, now think about this response. Well, I'll just read it and then I'll comment on it. He says, sir, I really appreciate the email. I'm seriously humbled. I really appreciate the offer, but I take pride in in purchasing because I want to contribute to the value you all are working so hard to provide for everyone. I'm going to pick up a copy of Wisdom Meets Passion when I'm finished with the two books in my stand, uh, launched by Jeff Walker and Seven Day Startup by Dan Norris. Keep teaching and creating. It's a massive movement that is changing the world for the best. My girlfriend, Lindsley, actually just finished that old edition of No More Mondays, and she loved it. I've handed her so many books and never had her react like she done on that one. She also read it like 10 times faster than most books, which says something. I'm super excited about the new book you and Jared did together, and I can't wait to dive in. Again, I appreciate the email, and it goes on, tells me some other things there. But, you know, that's an interesting response. I emailed him and said, just give me your address and I'll send you a free copy, hardback copy by Jared and me, Wisdom Meets Passion. He says, man, I really appreciate that, but I want to invest in what you guys are doing. I want to purchase the book. I don't get that response real often. I don't get it very often at all. I'm not going to say never, but that's a really unusual response. I mean, what does that say about a person who says, man, I really appreciate that, but I'm not just looking for a handout. I I worked with a lady one time, African-American gal, 53 years old, who came out of prison. And Joanne wanted me to to work with her to coach her. And I said, oh my gosh, my schedule's full. You know, I really don't know. She says, look, this lady is worth investing time in. Her name was Jackie. And I'll never forget working with Jackie. She was so straightforward and so excited about being out of prison and about creating a life on her own, she says, look, I'm not looking for a handout. I'm looking for a hand up. Wow. In that particular case, I mean, we, we gave her a little handout in the form of a sewing machine. And she started doing tailor-made clothing for people. She rocked and rolled with what she did. So we gave her a little boost. Um, I, golly, I gave her another. Uh, she, she was doing upholstery. And I discovered that she was doing upholstery where she was putting in those really big staples by hand. I mean, it's excruciating work. And I purchased a little compressor for with an uh, air, air compressor stapler to pop those in. And she was so appreciative. But, I mean, we love being around people who are taking action and doing things 
to improve their lives and the lives of those around them. Well, you know where we're going from here. Well, you know the routine. Hey, if you got a story you want us to share here in this segment where we play We Are the Champions, get it to me. Love to hear it. Love to hear your story. Just shoot it in. You can go to 48days.com site, click on the podcast link. You can put it in there. You can also just send it directly to me at askdan at 48days.com. Love to consider it for an upcoming online radio show. Now this comes to us from Josh. I, I laughed when I saw the heading on this note from Josh. He says, on the brink of being normal and I'm scared. <laughs> How cool is that? On the brink of being normal and it's scaring the fire out of him. Well, Josh has a very lengthy uh, email here, but he says he's been working in a medical records management department he's had opportunity to move up he's gotten promoted several times they're telling him he really needs to go back and get an additional certification and it would move him into the 75 to hundred thousand dollar category and he's um considering doing that and finally well let, let me uh okay he says <laughs> So I'm about 11 classes away from finishing. And the more I dive into the schoolwork, the more depressed I get about finishing. It's beyond boring. It's head banging dull. I think I could finish this in eight months to a year. My school is self-paced with the experience I've gained. It's quite feasible that I could start earning at least $15,000 more a year right off the bat. Um, Really good salaries are in the range of 75 to a hundred thousand. None of that excites me because I've been listening to some of the stories out there about people doing something that lights their fire and earning way more. I refuse to give up and just be normal. It's killing me. I don't want to be normal. If I were to finish my degree, I would just use the extra income to ramp up something that I really want to do. So I want so bad to be one of those people who write in about their successes. I want to be in the front end of we are the champions. I've explained this to my wife, but she just sort of rolls her eyes and says that stuff you listen to may be well and good, but most people do it this way and things turn out fine. She isn't a believer. And I think mainly because I've never accomplished anything outside of the J-O-B. I've never proven her wrong, but I know I will. I know I can. I just don't know how. I feel like I'm pretty good at a bunch of things, but I'm not great at any. I'm a jack of all trades, but master of none. I've lost my way and I'm not really sure what my passion is anymore. I feel like I've never found it, at least anything specific. I can come up with, all I can come up with are generalities that don't really seem to connect. I will say probably the most satisfied I've ever been is a couple of times I got to fill in for our youth pastor and speak to teenagers about God and life. I love kids from the smallest to the largest. I despise people who hurt children. I cry. I get angry. I punch things when I hear the horror stories on TV. I could teach kids stuff all day, every day. A few times I've had the chance to coach kids. I was in heaven. I also like helping people, just period. I like writing, but I can't seem to find that niche. I can't find that something. My question is this. Should I finish the degree and use the extra income? 
I've already been promised a better paying gig when I start. Or should I forget it and spend my energy breaking down that wall and finding my passion right now? What's the number one thing I can do to get clear on what my passion is? Now, I shared that rather a rather lengthy email because it has it embodies common questions that I hear from so many of you. You're in jobs where you're being paid well, you're being compensated well, but it's really kind of soul sucking. You aren't really in, engaged. You aren't really excited about it. Should you just continue that to be responsible or should you quit and find your passion, but you're not really sure what your passion is. So many questions in there that kind of tweak around this. Now, let me just take it from the top here. I would encourage you, if you can finish this in eight months, yeah, I'd encourage you to go ahead and do it. Go ahead and finish. I mean, if you've invested that much time, energy, and money in getting that extra certification degree, yeah, go ahead and finish it if you're that close. Don't just bail there. Now, you may have also heard me talk about the fact that I finished my doctoral program studies and then never did a dissertation because I didn't really care about the degree. I just wanted the learning. I had that. I walked away and instead of doing a dissertation, I wrote 48 Days to the Work You Love, which has impacted a, a whole lot of people rather than just four old guys sitting behind a bench. And it's also, instead of made me nothing, it made me a whole lot of money choosing the path that I chose. So you may think, well, this is pretty ironic for me to tell you to finish. But I've also had other experiences similar to this. When I started my master's level program, I got into it. I was about a year into a two-year program, and I told Joanne, this is ridiculous. You know, these old farts that are teaching this stuff are teaching the same thing they taught 20 years ago. They aren't engaged in life. All they're doing is going through the motions. I don't really connect with these people. I don't need to be here. I just need to move on. And she encouraged me. She said, look, we've moved. We moved to another state. We're all set up here. You enrolled in this program. You can be finished in a year if you really do things right. Get your master's degree started or your master's thesis rather started right now, which I did rather than waiting until I was finished with my course study and then tacking on another year, which a lot of people did. Now I started it right then. So I finished it all at the same time right at the two-year mark. She said, you can be finished, and no matter where you go from here on, you'll have that behind you. You'll have that under your belt, and it'll give you more options. So I just agreed to do that. I just, without considering how much I enjoyed it, how much I was engaging, I went ahead and just decided, I'm going to finish this degree, knock it out in record time, and be ready to move on. And I did. As a matter of fact, in that, one of these podcasts I'm going to devote to the research that I did for my master's thesis. It was really significant. It, it created a lot of stir. They wanted me to go on and do more research and writing based on that. And I said, nah, no thanks. Just give me my degree. I'm out of here. And I did, but I find myself going back to the content that I developed in my master's thesis over and over and over again. I'll make a point to make that a theme of one of my upcoming podcasts to share that with you. So I would encourage you at this point, Josh, I'd encourage you to go ahead and finish your degree if you're that close. Now as to the other part, I would also not encourage you to just quit a job and go find your passion. That's an elusive kind of direction. Uh, you, you, we don't find our passion by just creating a vacuum for ourselves or by going to the top of a mountain and waiting for a bolt of lightning. You know, we don't like to have that road to Damascus kind of experience that Paul in the Bible did while wow, walking down the road. Boom, dude. Hey, I got your attention. This is what I want you to do. Yeah, we'd love to have that. I don't find that to be very common experience in the life of most people. I've certainly never experienced that. 
And as I write about in Wisdom Meets Passion, I think passion is more developed than it is discovered. It's not just where you have an epiphany, the light bulb moment, and you know what your passion is. Passion is developed by doing something really well over a period of time. So I think we develop it, it grows rather than showing up full blown where we know, oh, this is my passion. Now, you've indicated some other things here that might be directions that you could start to develop. So while you're continuing to work in this soul sucking job, but with a promotion and more money, which ought to take away a little bit of the pain temporarily, at least go ahead and develop some of the ideas you've talked about. How would you work with kids? What would you do if you devoted more time to doing that? Could you take that from just being a hobby to being something that would be part of generating your income? I think there are ways to do that, but, but here's what you have to look at. Again, this is such a common question. I wanted to un, unravel this a little bit because there are three components that we have to look at when you talk about, Jim, just going to follow my passion. If you're going to follow your passion, it's not enough just to know what you're passionate about. And as much as I say, yes, follow your passion. Now there's a lot of discussion about this going on right now. There are books being written and people being on, uh, talk shows and doing YouTube videos about, you know, that's a bunch of crap. Don't follow your passion, you know, just find out what needs to be done and do it. Well, to me, that would be pretty empty. I can't imagine just doing something just in order to make money or because I know it needs to be done. Now, could you develop a passion over time for something like that? Yeah, I think that happens sometimes, but I'm not opposed at all to starting with something that is a clear passion Find a way to put legs on that and then have the passion develop even more and more and deeper. But here's what has to be true. You have to ask yourself, you know, what do people want? What am I good at? What do I love doing? And there should be a convergence there. Frederick Beckner, the old philosopher, theologian, talked about your vocation lies in the intersection of the world's deepest need and your deepest joy. I believe that. I think that ought to be true. But then you've heard me talk about the three-legged stool. There has to be three legs to the stool. Number one, you have to have passion for what it is you're going to do. Yes, something that gives you a thorough sense of enjoyment. But you also have to have talent, competency. There has to be some kind of skill or ability that proves that you really can do that well. I mean, think about the, th- the people that you see on The Voice or the other kind of music shows out there where, oh, they're passionate about it. I mean, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a whole lot of people here who really want to be the next Taylor Swift or Keith Urban or Luke Bryant. And then they open their mouth and think, oh my gosh, whoever encouraged them in this arena, they have no talent. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not claiming to be a judge of that at all, but there are some that certainly I doubt are going to go a, a very far because of their lack of talent. But you have to have then passion and talent. Is that enough? No, that's not enough. You can have a passion for growing dandelions and prove the fact that you are really good at doing that. But the third component is, is there a demand for it? Is there a market? Can you create an economic model for that? You have to have all three legs of the stool. So don't just quit your job and go follow your passion without recognizing, do you have talent that supports that? And is there a demand for that? See, here's what happens. Talent without passion. Let's say that you're really good at what you're doing, but you're not passionate about it. Yes, that leads to soul-sucking, boring work. 
Nobody wants that. So you, you can't just be good at something. I mean, I, I've worked with a lot of attorneys, dentists, engineers, and accountants, and pastors over the years who have proven their ability to do what they do and to do it very well. And they absolutely hate the life they've created. They have no passion for it at all. So yes, you have to have passion and you have to have talent, but there's a third leg to the stool. What happens to a two-legged stool? It falls over every time. The third leg is, will people pay for what it is that you produce? Is there a demand for that? If you have, if you have passion and talent without having anyone that's willing to pay for what you're doing, there's no demand, then you have a hobby. Yeah, we recognize that. Nothing wrong with that at all. If you have passion and talent in an area and nobody's willing to pay for it, you have a hobby. I confront frequently musicians in this town who have gone for a very long period of time with no income at all. I mean, I, I mean, I can name names right now. I won't do that. But, you know, I talked to somebody, you know, well, gee, what are you doing? You know, well, I'm, I'm a songwriter. Okay, cool. You know, how much money have you made in the last three years? Well, nothing. Oh, so there's no demand for what you're doing. You have a passion for it. You think you have a talent for it. There's no demand. You have a hobby. You do not have a career. And I, and I talk to husbands of wives who are out there working their fingers to the bone to keep the family alive because a husband claims that he's a musician. Well, I don't care what you call it, but if you haven't created income in the last three years, you don't have a business, you don't have a career, you don't have a job, you just have a hobby. You can't justify that. So you have to have all three to make a meaningful contribution. And without passion or talent, I mean, and, and so the, the, the third element of that obviously is if you know a business model that would work, but you have no passion or talent, well, that's a short trip to a disaster. I mean, my gosh, I mean, I've seen physicians who gave up their medical work practice to buy a tra uh, transmission franchise because they saw the bottom line that this could be a profitable business. Well, then six months later, we discover they don't know how to release a hood in a car. I mean, what business did they have getting into that kind of a business? Well, they got into it just because they thought it was a good business. I, I had a client who was a dentist who had three different times escaped dentistry because he hated it so much. And the third time he purchased, he bought a printing franchise. It was a horrible disaster. And he ended up filing personal bankruptcy, which made him one more time creep back into dentistry. Now I helped him create a, a permanent transition out of that that we can uh, explain at some point, but it was a wonderful transition for him. But it was ludicrous for him to buy a printing franchise. He knew nothing about that at all. He just saw it as a business opportunity. He had, but he had no passion, no talent in that arena. Well, let me go on here. Uh, Sean says, sir, I've been working with a personal coach. His guidance and insight have been incredible. Greatly appreciated. He's an excellent coach, but blah, blah. I'm a former military officer, flew combat aircraft, Worked as a commander of an elite group of government red team cyber professionals. I'm now an IT security leader for one of the world's largest privately held companies. My plan is to provide content around education, training, evaluating protections with the goal of redirecting IT security risk to small and medium businesses. Is this smart or do you not worry about the uh, having things that are so technical because the individuals looking at my content are already speaking that language? 
So the primary questions I have are, do I put out videos knowing that it takes time to produce? Uh, do I put out podcasts so you get content out right away? Do I start blogging so that there's a way to connect to people immediately? Do I start writing white papers and books knowing this is probably the most time consuming or just do them all and do them often? Well, the, the, what you're talking about, you know, providing, um, golly, providing security risk, evaluating protections with the goal of reducing IT security risk to small and medium businesses. I think that's a pretty tough market, personally. We just had our website hacked. I talked about that. It was taken down. I probably wasn't targeted directly. I was probably collateral damage for a larger scope. I won't go into that. I don't want to. I don't want to stir the waters up too much at trying to identify who did what. I don't even want to be on the radar for those people. But be that as it may, it was taken down. But I didn't, you know, put together a team of IT professionals to put that back together. The the place that hosts our websites took total responsibility for it. They had their team of experts working on it for three days solid, brought it back up, restored all of our files and all of that. So I partner with people who take responsibility for some of the things that you're talking about here. I mean, we're a pretty good sized company relative to what you call small business, but I'm not large enough to have in-house IT security professionals. So the, the issues you're talking about are really going to be more common in larger companies. I really don't know exactly what the market is there for what you're doing, but I would certainly check on that first before you start creating content and even services. Identify 30 target companies that you think would be targets for what it is you offer and talk to them. Ask them, would they use what it is you're proposing to provide? When I started an auto accessories business years and years ago, the first thing I did before I ever invested a penny in the business was I went to about 12 different new and used car dealers in the town in which we lived at that point and asked them, if I did this, would you in fact be interested in services I'm describing that I would provide? And they said, without exception, yes, we would. Then I went back and then I created what would the business look like? What would I provide? And true to their word, they did in fact use me immediately and it grew exponentially way beyond my expectations immediately right out of the gate. I would encourage you to start there before you start formulating what you know, the business would look like. Make sure there's a market for it. Just like we talked about a minute ago, even though you have the talent to do what you're talking about and a passion for it, make sure there's a market before you go down that road. Alan says, listening to your podcast every Friday in my three hour drive back home for the weekend is a highlight of my week. I love your optimistic. Anything is possible worldview. I've begun a journey of intentional living in all aspects of my life with a goal of living the best life possible. I know that for the first 45 years of my life, I was a wandering generality, settling for the life that convenience and circumstances handed me. As I take this journey, I have a dream of helping others to see that through deliberate and intentional living, they too can have the life they haven't even allowed themselves to dream of. This is my problem and question. How do I share my journey and help others to dare to embark on their own? Thanks for all you do. You know, Alan, I would encourage you to listen to the Tuesday night brainstorming session I did this week with Carrie Oberbrunner. You can find it easily. Just go to the 48days.net site. I'm hoping you're a member already. Just go over on the right-hand side. You'll see a big starburst that says Tuesday night brainstorming sessions. All the interviews that I've done are archived there and find the one with Carrie Oberbrunner. Now, it's headlined by saying, how can you create a six-figure income by writing a book? 
and we did talk about that, but in a larger sense, he talks about how he positioned himself to help people get out of their own prisons, to set their souls free, and exactly the same kind of issues you're talking about. And he did it in a, in a way that really merits listening to that rather than me going back through that. But here's the thing. Yeah, you can write a book. But if you write a book, it ought to be just the entryway into other products and services you offer. With what you're describing, certainly coaching, speaking, creating products, creating audio products, ebooks, regular books, instructional manuals, seminars and workshops, those things are all possible. I don't know enough about you to know which of those to recommend, but you ought to look at all of those and consider which ones fit you. Which ones could you do with absolute excellence? Which ones could you do where it would make you remarkable? where it would make people remember the experience of engaging with you and then put together what that's going to look like. You can use what I call a Venn diagram. Um, you can also find on, if you go to Michael Hyatt's site, you can just put in Dan Miller and it'll pull up the really, really popular video that we did on how to generate $150,000 this year from your core message. So if you go through that, you'll see how I help coaches and speakers leverage their core message into significant income. Those two resources will give you a ton of information and uh, guide you specifically more than I can do here in a minute or two. Thanks for your note. Ian says, Dan, first off, thanks for sharing your abundant wisdom with me via your 48 days podcast. You've been instrumental in helping me transition from an employee to an entrepreneur. I work as a consultant to pay the bills. I'm also a professional network marketer. And to top it off, I'm a comedian. Since listening to you, I've been consistently blogging. My Google Analytics reported I had almost 1,000 visitors last month. That's a jump from single digits prior. Could you give me some tips and resources on how to grow my comedy blog following and deliver more value to them? Thank you for inspiring me to write my thoughts. Without your podcast, I doubt I would have resurrected my blog. Thanks to you, or regards to you, your family, and all the 48 Days community. Now, this comes from Ian in Canada. Now, his website, I got to tell you his website. His website is blackguyfromcanada.com. Blackguyfromcanada.com. I saw that, and I thought, you got to be kidding me. I clicked on it. Well, he really plays off of that. Ian, you do an incredible job. I watched one of your introductory videos. Incidentally, I, I will forever change my image that comes to mind when I think about dancing in the snow. Um, I, I laughed when I heard you get to that part and what it meant. I, you got to be kidding me. Now, Ian's very open about he's leveraging the fact that he's in a very small minority in Canada as a black guy. But you've done a just a really cool job. And I think you've done a great job of, of making yourself remarkable by positioning yourself with something that's so in your face as what you've obviously done here. Now, when you do comedy routines like that, and if you do clean comedy that can be done in front of large groups, I mean, my friend Ken Davis has done comedy for years. So his fee is $14,500, incidentally, if you want to have Kim, Ken come speak to your, your group. And a lot of churches hear his little daily clips that he has. He's, he's got a really big presence on, um, on the Internet, with videos, and then on radio stations all over the country. So there's a little church, you know, in Houston, Texas that calls him and wants him to come 
And they say, oh my gosh, we can't pay that fee. And his people say, well, I understand. Why don't you get six other churches in the area to come together and have one big community event together where everybody shares that expense. We'll sell tickets and nobody is out any money at all. And they'll say, oh, wow, we can do that. And that's how he structures that. And I would encourage you to look for opportunities like that. Now, I like the idea of just growing your comedy blog. And if you're doing great content there, and if you're commenting on other blogs where they have comedy content, you'll start to create a presence for yourself that goes beyond just your own center of influence. I mean, people ask me a lot, you know, how I connect with people like Darren Hardy, who's publisher of Success Magazine. Nothing magical about that. I mean, I'm not, I'm just a nobody, just a little guy on a cow pasture in Franklin, Tennessee. But I started commenting on Darren's blogs. And then I started saying, oh man, you wrote this really cool uh, blog. I'd like to use that as a guest post on my blog. Would that be okay? Sure, Dan, go ahead. I did that three or four times. Then I wrote a note. Hey, Darren, I'm writing this really cool book with my son, Jared, Wisdom Meets Passion. Would you give me a brief endorsement? Sure, Dan, no problem. Now that came because I was already on his radar, not just out of the blue, but because I was already communicating with him complimenting him on what he was doing, engaging in his community. That's how you do that. Get involved in other people's platform. I mean, that's, that's the way that you spread the word and what you want to do. You can buy a platform that's very expensive and actually pretty cheesy at this point. It just doesn't work. You can build your own platform, certainly legitimate. I've done that. It takes a lot of time. You need to start doing that. Continue what you're doing. And you can borrow other people's platforms. That means... As an example, in the month of July, I did 28 interviews. That means that I was on you know, radio shows and podcasts. That means that I was essentially borrowing those people's platforms. Now, not in a using I win you lose kind of way at all. I bring good content to their listeners, but it gives me exposure to their audiences as well. That's the way that you build your audience. And Ian, you can do exactly the same thing. Okay, Forrest says, I'm a loss prevention manager for a big box retailer, and I have a business idea I've been thinking about for a long time. I'd like to teach small business owners and managers the principles of loss prevention. This would include security procedures, but it would primarily be geared toward preventing shoplifting and theft by employees. What do you think about this idea, and what steps should I take to get started? Yeah, I think it's a legitimate idea. I mean, that's a big issue for retail establishments where they have a lot of turnover in staff, where they have shoplifting and theft by employees. Um, I know one of the guys who works in loss prevention at Costco. It's always really funny because I run into him pretty much every time I go there. He's always there, but you'd never pick him out because he's not dressed any differently than everybody else. Just has jeans with a t-shirt outside and, you know, he's just walking around, but that's what he does. And he gets people who, you know, purchase a luggage unit and then, then have a, a TV in locked inside it, you know, those kind of things. But it's interesting. But yeah, I think you can make a case for what it is that you're doing. Target who your potential audience is, who your potential customers are. And like I mentioned earlier, go talk to 30 or 40 of them. Ask them, you know, what their experience in this area is. You know, are they concerned about that? Would they be open to a three-hour workshop? Would they want personal consulting? Would they want you to subcontract somebody to actually be in their store certain hours? Just just experiment. It's called doing due diligence, D-U-E. I mean, if you're going to open up a rest uh, ice cream shop in Franklin, Tennessee, you better first understand there's a Baskin Robbins, a Ben and Jerry's, and a Sweet CeCe's here. So you would want to know what they're doing. Sit in the parking lot. Watch the traffic over a weekend. 
get to know what they're doing. And in doing so, it will give you a much more of a heads up about what your business should look like to fit in and stand out in that kind of a competition. You need to do the same thing here. Nathan says, I got my master's in organizational leadership five years ago. I've worked in two consulting gigs and now work in talent management at a medium-sized company. I've been here a year. I like working in my field, but I like to upgrade to a bigger city and a more financially stable company. I'm 30 years old, make a decent salary. I'm just worried about being seen as a job hopper. Where's this line on how much of a concern this should be? I want to commit to a company for four or five years, but I can't see staying at this one for near that long. Well, Nathan, you really don't need to be very concerned these days about being seen as a job hopper. I mean, the average job is about 2.2 years in length. The average person in their 20s at this point, we're told, the average length of time on a job for them is 13 months. I mean, companies realize people are going to move around even as they move up in responsibility in a good career path. So you don't have to put in 15 years at a company uh, to avoid this idea of being seen as a job hopper depending on what industry you're in and when you say that you're in talent management if you were at the same company for 20 years people might raise their eyebrows and think wow did you keep up with changing you know changing things in that industry and profession are you just kind of stuck in the ways of things that worked 20 years ago it may be seen as a negative to have a long tenure so if you want to move follow what you're talking about if you want to move move to a a bigger city. If you want to move to Nashville, man, come on down. Plenty of room here. Believe me. Okay. Let me, one more here real quick. Rebecca says, hello, I absolutely love what you're doing. Not only have you created a great program to inspire others to live their passion. You're changing a paradigm of the way people look at society. Gone are the days of working at an absolutely unfulfilling nine to five job. Here are the days of following your true heart's desire and loving your job. And for many people, this is because of you. I'm 33 years old. I've been in the pet grooming business for nearly 14 years now. Okay, I'm going to drop down. I recently opened a a small pet grooming business. I love it. My shop is beautiful. I followed my passion, got a degree in business, decided to go for it. My business is actually growing by leaps and bounds, and I know it'll be a success one day. But right now, I'm not producing enough revenue to survive it. And I'm working long hours every day. I borrowed money from my parents to get this started. Got a micro loan from the city chamber of commerce, but that money is tapped out and I'll soon start have to start paying it back. I've been asking my retired father to help pay my house rent. I have no money to advertise. I'm what you would call flat broke. And I'm a single mom with three children to raise. Should I give up now and surrender? Even though I know great profit is right around the corner I don't know what to do, give up or move forward and pray for some miraculous miracle to occur. I have bills to pay. Thank you again. I love the work you're doing to create a brighter future. The world needs people like you right now. Well, Rebecca, God, I really feel for where you are. You don't say exactly how long you've been there, but surely this has not met your expectations. If you're working long hours already, and you're not making enough even to pay the bills and to keep the doors open, something is dreadfully wrong. You need to increase your prices. You need to bring on somebody else that you pay $10 an hour so you can do more marketing to bring in high-dollar clients. I mean, I'm not sure what it is, but, but sometimes hanging on is not a good idea. Now, if you can really see there are trends in what you're doing, where there's an upward trend, where you can really project that 90 days from now, it really is for some reason going to change 
turn the corner, then by all means, hang on no matter what you have to do. But if you're working really long hours now, you're maximizing the income that there has is the potential there and still not paying the bills, then don't prolong the misery. Close the doors, do something where you can at least provide for your family. I mean, this world of entrepreneurship is not something to be just jumped into just for the thrill of it. There has to be a realistic business model. Um, I mean, I need to respond to your email more personally and connect with you. I'd be delighted to have a brief phone conversation with you to talk about that. I hate to tell you to stop, to pull the plug on something you've invested so much time and energy to get into, but at the same time, yeah, there's obviously some real concerns there in keeping the doors open. I grieve for you with, with you on that. Well, we'll save the others for another day. Thanks for providing the questions that give us this interesting 48 minutes together. Love this time every week. Hey, check out Coaching with Excellence and the other events that we've got coming up this next year. We're going to have a blast in 2015. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Thanks for being part of this community where we all are finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, productive, and profitable. You know you don't have to settle for less.